Lawrence will tell you where to meet me earlier. He, she looks to Lawrence and nods, says, make sure she sees me later. My name is Ricardo Monte de Oca, and cousin to the Empress Victoria Monte de Oca, and I will be your commanding officer here at Section 7. Welcome back to Marion D. Happy to have you again for our th- fourth episode. I'm Bryce the DM. And I'm Preeti the Harpy. Let's just kick right into this. So, you are rappelling down a rope. And this is, you were told that you had to be a little quiet coming in. So you can't fly, because flying is going to make some noise, it might kick up the dust. So you were rappelling down a rope, Mission Impossible style, into a building. Behind you is your mentor and trainer on this mission, Dahlia Peralta. Dahlia's coming for missions with me? Whoa. This is a training mission. Give me uh, acrobatics. Plus strength instead of dex, though. You're holding on to a rope. 16 minus 1 for strength, is that what you said? Yes. 15. You're hanging on, you're kind of sliding down it pretty easily. You're not looking forward to having to climb up it again. So one of your missions in here, and this is sort of, this is an easy mission for you is to, there is a specific office that you need to break into. And you've been doing a lot of the prep work already. So this is this is your plan to break in. And you know you have to be quiet. There are going to be guards around just so you know you, you can't make too much noise. As little, as little noise as possible. And there might even be a few alarms. So in preparation for that, would you have brought anything? What's on your back? Um, obviously... Lock picking tools mm-hmm. and a small mirror mounted on a metal handle, scissors and pliers. Those are the things that I've got with me. Okay, what? Give me a uh, give me a charisma roll, your choice. But tell me what you're rolling. This is a this is to kind of cover all the pre investigation you were doing. Seventeen plus two for fun for nineteen. Okay, so how did you, what were you performing as? How did you get information out of the people in this building through performance? You know, probably hit uh, one of the guys up at the bar, like followed him, see, like, you know, tailed him for a bit, knew which bar he was going to, uh, made sure I was there a little bit earlier than him, chatted him up, and yeah, it was a slow sort of burn. I, I chatted him up over a couple of days. It wasn't just, oh yeah, hey, but like over a couple of days, I spoke to him. I, I did a lot of venting about my work and like, you know, did a whole, whole, I hate my job. It's just so boring. All I do is this. I just want some excitement and like, you know, some sort of intrigue, you know, you, when you, when you get into the postal service, you think there'd be more intrigue, but there isn't. And it's like, like, you know, very, um, <laughs> the postal service. That. Intrigue in the postal service. You, well, <laughs> that's 
what I went with. Um, yes, but, and I'm very frustrated about the lack of intrigue and suspense and yeah. Well, you never know what's going to be in any of those letters. There's all <laughs> sorts of suspense. Yes. So and he like you know I I build up the chance for him to talk about his job and maybe boast a little bit about it, boast about what he's been doing, and like you know maybe a little hint into you know. Well, like how tight security is into the place and sort of getting information out of him that way. Sure. So one of the, you kind of figured out a basic floor plan from him. You had an idea anyhow. Some of it's going to be a little bit new, but that's how you knew how to break in the top because you want to avoid as many levels as you don't really are familiar with. He also has revealed that he ha- his like badge is magically enchanted. Uh, so there are alarm spells you know, throughout the building. You don't know exactly where all of them are, but you have some basic ideas. Uh, do you want me to roll a sleight of hand to see if I get it? From well, me? that's the question. Is So you know that there's a few alarm spells, and his badge basically means he can walk through them and not trigger them. So anybody without one of these badges would do so. So how do you make up for that? Well, I'm going to find out which are his nights off. Like, you know, which nights are, is he not working? That's easy enough. You know, you, after chatting up for a while, you figured you've asked when is his next day off. You might, you might have told him you were setting up a date tonight. Yeah. And no, actually, this was, I want to say, I, we did the very long con. I did have a date with him the last time. And, you know, like his last, no, so I know this is his, um, you know, successive night off. Assuming these guys get Saturday and Sunday <laughs> successfully off on a Monday. This guy's, night. you know, not the highest level guard, so he gets like Tuesday and Wednesday off. Yeah, so we met on Tuesday. We had a drink. We had lots of fun. Um, took him darts shooting and pretended I was a bad um, aim aimer and let him like you know win all the accolades and get drunk. Um, dropped him off home after he was very 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 drunk after getting all the drinks for um, getting all the shots and um, yep. Yeah, picked his badge off him. Okay. I'll let you do... You can take advantage on the sleight of hand if you can pass either a con check, you know, to kind of keep up with him, or a deception check to see if you can't make it look like you're keeping up with him. Yeah, let's do the con. I'm gonna... Do I have inspiration? Well, okay, it's a new arc. I will give you one inspiration for the new arc. I'm going to keep that inspiration and not roll for it. No, you just rolled it. I'm sorry. You ro- you you asked for it. I gave a it. Five. You, a five. Okay. Yeah, you don't have advantage on this slate of hand. And he's he's a guard. He's not too shabby at his perception. Sixteen. All right. I'm going to give him a plus five to this. So he has to roll 11 or above. There was some... He interprets it as, you know, groping... You kind of get a hand stuck in his pocket, and he misinterprets it, and you get, and you had been dragged kind of into the apartment a bit. Mm. Would you double down, or are you going to just kind of excuse yourself I'll and come up with something down. else? I'll double down. I'll double down. Yeah, I guess this mission is making her make choices, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so she. She's going to, every time he tries to, you know, t- like, you know, she doesn't mind kissing or whatever. And like, you know, they're all making up. But anytime he tries to, so yeah, every, she she kisses him and like, you know, she's all like, yeah, I'm so into you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm so drunk or whatever. But every time he tries to do something else, she uncanny dodges. So she's like, I can <laughs> and um, basically what she's trying going to try and do 
is make him conk his head really hard somewhere. So okay, so you basically want to... I want to maybe twirl him, maybe, like, you know, lead him, but make him conk his head really hard. All right. Give with me, acrobatics. Give me an acrobatics at disadvantage because you're drunk, and he will make a deck saving throw at disadvantage kind of against that PC. Oh, shit, another 16. So, his dex isn't as high, so he has to roll a... So he's just going to roll this, but he's only got a one dex. And as a commoner, uh, he might... So we'll give him a plus two. So he has to roll a... Motherfucker! (laughs) You kind of, like, try to aim him for the table or something to kind of conk him. And now you've, like, ended up on the table on your back. You're like, oh, this is getting worse. (laughs) Um, I, plan number two, I'm going to conk my head and make it and make it look like he moves me or something like that or something happens and I conk my head and I'm in a little bit of pain. All right, give me a deception. Oh, frog shit. I'm going to take some other dice. This dice is not working. At disadvantage, you're drunk. Uh, but he has a check on insight, so we'll see how you do. not too bad. Yeah, he, you act like you conk your head. And he suddenly like gets really worried. Like, are you are you okay? Is is, is everything all right? Uh, yeah, no, ow, uh, that really hurt my head. Do you think you could get me an ice pack? Sure. Get just give me one second. Uh, and he tries. He looks around and finds a root cellar. He's got some cold potatoes Does he have or something. Back to me? Yes, for a moment. Do you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to try this. How big is this place? Small, it's kind of like a two-bedroom flat. Is there any place to hide? So we've established you're probably in the kitchen currently. You just conked your head on the dining table. He's kind of opening up a little cellar space where he keeps some like cold things. Um. Okay, plan number two. Now that you've explained the situation to me, I'm going to try to push him into the cellar. He's drunk. He could have thought it was him. I'm going to do it with a sleight of hand so that he thinks he fell in because he's drunk. Alright, so I'll I'll give you the attack roll, that's just a shove. However, if you want sleight of hand, that's disadvantage. You're drunk too, remember. Yeah. So the shove attack. Fifteen. That'll hit. Okay, and You got him out of his armor. <laughs> and give me some sort of sleight of hand. With this at Yeah, and he'll have an insight against that. <laughs> to <laughs> see if he notices this. 14. He's got a 4, so you, yeah, you just kind of give him just the slightest nudge when he's already a little bit wobbly from the drunk, and he goes like kind of head first into this thing, and it's kind of like being in a trash can. He's just kind of stuck, and he's grasping and kind of yelling for a bit of help, and laughing because he's, he feels like an idiot. <laughs> okay, so he thinks he... Um... You tricked him, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm like, oh my you are so hilarious. We should definitely do this another time when we're less drunk. <laughs> and um, I try to help him up, but I'm going for the pocket and trying to get another. All right, so advantage. I'll get the advantage cancels out the disadvantage of drunkenness. So just give me a roll. He has disadvantage on his perception currently. Let me use another dice. So I said he has a plus five, so you got to roll an 11 or higher. Thank God, 19 on the dice. <laughs> so. In pull, you grab him by the belt and start pulling him out, and are able to kind of like get a finger like into the back pocket where he had stored his badge after work. Yeah, because I and I'm like you know constantly slipping, losing him. Like, oh my gosh, it's so heavy. I'm just a harpy. I have no strength for this. He's like, yeah, that's just what a dude wants to hear. 
as you're tracking him out of this root cellar. And, um, no, I tell him, hey, I had a great time, but we're too drunk for this, and I don't want to end up hurting you again. Like, you know, let, let's uh, meet tomorrow or something like that, and I blow him up the next day. Okay. Like, I, I just ghost him. He, like, you know, he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know where to find me, and any details I gave him are completely wrong. What's your fake name that you gave him? J- Jules D'Andreas. All right, sounds good. So that's who he will be looking for for the rest of his life. <laughs> and as you you meet up with somewhere outside, as you drunkenly stumble, is uh, Dahlia waiting. It's like, so how'd that go? I got it. It uh, it sounded like you had a little bit of a mess in there. Is everything okay? No, everything's fine. She nods, and she doesn't quite smell all the alcohol in your breath. (laughs) Try to keep it a little bit more under control next time. Yes, boss. And you met up with her the next night to start this ingress. So here's where you're at. You have this badge. And she is going to stay kind of at the top because you didn't get a badge for her unless you wanted to figure out that as well. No, probably didn't have enough time. All right. So you rappel down. You're trying to be as sneaky as possible. You're pretty sure. So she gave you the information about where you should expect to find this thing that you're supposed to lift out of here. So give me a stealth as you head over to the door at the end of this hallway. Oh, 19. The plus 10. That's very embarrassing. There's a guard relatively distant. We'll see how they do. You make, like, your talons make a little tippy-tappy on the marble, and for a moment you hear some shoes coming up the stairwell, because you're on the top floor. Give me a quick uh, lockpicking. I can't roll anything better than a nine. What's a lockpicking? Probably uh, 16. You quickly pop open the lock of a, like, just broom closet, hide in there for a little bit. The It sounds like the, the boot steps just kind of came up just the top of the stairs, might have looked around briefly, and then you hear them going back down the stairs. So they probably wouldn't have seen you, but just to be safe, you did it. And you realize that you maybe even scavenge some, like, bits of mop to put on your little clawed feet, and now you're not making noise, and you make it over to the door. Now, this will be a harder lockpicking. Twelve. So you spend some time at it, uh, and then you realize it might be a little outside your your skills. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to see if is the key on the inside of the door. Like, you know, is what like uh, does the door um, keyhole look like it has a key on the other side? Sure, it'll be old style. I'm going to use my lock. Uh, so I'm first going to slide a piece of paper underneath the door, and then I'm going to like ensure that the work, uh, use my lock picking to make the key slide out of that and fall onto the paper and slowly drag it. All right, give me a slide of hand instead. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, 21. You kind of luck into it. Uh, the key was there. It's slightly fatter than the door. Just give me a give me one more stealth uh, to try and like just file enough space for this key to slide underneath the door. Twenty six. You spend like the next half hour just quietly filing <laughs> away at the door, 
and this key just kind of squeaks out enough to like get the head out and then you pull it through and you open up the door. So you were supposed to find a snow globe. So give me a uh, investigation as you check out this room for it. Investigation was a six. You don't think it's here. Like you check around. She said it would be in the open. It's pretty clearly not in the open. Um, how dark is this place? There's some big bay windows. Uh, so you are in like this big office space. It's kind of like the grand office room. So there's a big desk kind of out by the windows. There's like a secretary's desk up by the door. There's little side chambers just with small like divans so that you can kind of like look. One looks like there's a little tea place behind it or some sort of rest area. Um, I'm going to roll for perception to make sure that there's no one in here. Okay. Why is my right so bad? I can't stop rolling nines. <laughs> you don't um, think anybody's 18, in here. 18. On an 18, you don't think anybody's in here. All right, so I'm going to go look through the secretary's uh, drawers. Sure. Give me a lockpicking. Yeah, you were not prepared. Like, this is a tiny little lock. And I, I like to, we'll flash back briefly as you're talking to uh, Chick Pete. What were you looking for beforehand? Um, Clearly not this. It's like, well, what can I get for you? Um, so basically, door door lockpicks. I need to lockpick door, doors. Um, and then I need to like, probably... Easy, got that for you. A like, safe. How good are you with like listening in? Because I've got a kind of specialized like listening cup for I can you. Definitely, I'm pretty good at listening in. So yeah, I need something for listening in. And I need bolt cutters. I think bolt cutters are going to be very useful. They've always come in really handy. He just like finds them real quick. They're underneath his desk, like all standard issue. Come back to me if you've got something interesting. How boring of a heist are you doing? <laughs> no, this is, this is, hey, this is the job, man. They should start you with the fun stuff. You hear you've committed your life to this organization, and they start you with bolt cutters. Yeah, I mean, they, why not give you hedge clippers so you can clip the bushes outside? <laughs> so yeah, you've got some bolt cutters. You've got a safe thing, but you did not bring tiny lock pickers. I'm gonna go try the uh, the other desk jobs to see if my luck's changed. Sure. Uh, why don't you roll me perception there first? Uh, 19 plus 9, 28. You kind of check. You might even start unlocking one when you notice a false plank just kind of underneath the chair. And it's not like false. It's just a little bit loose. It actually looks... And you see just like the tiniest little hole with the right tool. You could just put like a little handle in it. And it must be a little trap door. So a regular set of thieves tools also has a set of narrow-bladed scissors and a pair of pliers. I'd say with the pliers, you kind of pull this little trap door up, and underneath it, you find a safe with a dial lock. Well, that's what I have the equipment for. So right? give me thieves tools plus whiz instead of as you're listening at it instead of uh, decks. Twenty, not that. It takes you a moment. There's like a few stressful minutes as you miss it once or twice, but you've kind of finally hear that satisfying click as this thing comes open. There are six bars of gold. There's a diamond that has to be worth like 5,000 or so. And just sheafs of paper uh, marked confidential. Um, can I go for an investigate on the paper just to see contents, understand like you know what it basically is? Yeah, you can give me an investigate for a quick go through. 18. On a 18, 
you open up the files on like the fronts don't really give you much information so you open up start re looking through and good chunks of it seem to be dealing with new military installations in the elven lands and like you know just in terms of like what they're doing not quite what they're doing it's it hasn't made it through it's still a proposal but it's a confidential proposal to the round chamber and in the castle of Ganesh, which makes some degree of sense because that's what you're currently robbing. In fact, you are in the speaker's office. Uh oh. Oh shit, now I feel extra bad for the sentence for the guard. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to leave everything there, like as if I didn't touch it, mm -hmm. put it all back, close it up. And yeah, I'm going to go to his desk drop again to see if I can get it. Yeah, open. you can give me the thieves' tools. 10? Yeah, you just, you got the door lockpicks, but apparently Chick Pete didn't give you the tiny ones and you didn't think to ask for them. We'll, we'll flash back a little bit as you're running over this plan and how it's going to work with Dahlia and her challenges to you. Like, some of these locks are going to be a little bit difficult. Are you sure you can handle them? Yeah, no, Chick uh, Pete's given me everything I need. Somebody in your position, and this is a training mission, so I wouldn't worry too much right now. But in the future, your life is going to depend on this. I am an old spy, and most of us don't live to this age. I might even hit retirement in the next four or five years if I'm lucky, and nobody does that. So if you would like my advice on how to keep yourself alive, you should have a second and a third backup. There have been many times where the plan goes to absolute shit, and it was only because I had extra planning and a contingency and a contingency of the contingency that I am now training your inept ass. I'll be fine. You're just worrying <laughs> so much. You're like worse than my mother. <laughs> and as this conversation is playing through your mind, filing through this lock. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look, start looking around to see, um, especially the secretary's office. All these like secretaries are super old, most of the time, or super young, which means they don't give a shit about the key. It's probably lying around somewhere where they can reach it. Okay. I'm gonna go look around for the key. Give me a perception, sure. You don't have much luck finding a key. However, you do find this weird little like three-pronged thing. It's a base, three prongs. And you just miss it and you go back around the whole room. And then like 20 minutes later, and you've already been in here for like more than an hour. And so you're starting to get kind of nervous because if you go another hour or so without finding it, It'll start to be dawn when like the early risers and like start coming in to prep the chamber for everybody. So you're you're on a countdown and you finally come back to this little three pronged thing like that's a snow globe holder. The snow globe is not in the holder. Uh, I'm gonna do survival to see like you know in case it's rolled down somewhere or something like that or uh, been moved. You know if it had to be moved, where would have person have kept it based on movement of dust and sure, give me a survival. 16 plus 9, 27. That's 25. Sorry. <laughs> On a 20, the 25 is very good. It's a, it's a pretty clean room, so there's not much to see, but there's just sort of like some footprints through this heavy rug that's kind of underneath this desk. Uh, you can just see the barest imprint of them, like one set coming up and then one set leaving the room. As in coming up to the... Yeah, coming up to it, presumably grabbing the snow globe and then leaving the room with it. So I don't think it's in here? It doesn't seem like it, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go follow the footprints. Okay, you follow them out. 
and Dolly is still there, like, hanging from the rope. She's now got, like, one arm just kind of wrapped casually around it. She's got an apple in the other that she's just kind of crunching at. She's like, so, how are you doing? Fine, fine. Everything's fine. Um, sure. a bit more time. And I'm like, She yes. kind of, like, taps at a... Do we want to canonically establish their wristwatches? Cool. Yeah, that sounds like a gnomish thing. She kind of taps at her wrist in that universal sign of, you know, time's, time's a-wasting. Yep, and I'm going to follow these footsteps. Okay. It's through the marble hallways. It's really tough to follow them. You're doing your best on a 25, and that's almost inhuman how far you can kind of check these things. But you think that they lead to a different office. Is there any window to that office? Not from the inside, no. I... Kiss my lovely cat. We can do this. Fifteen? Fifteen will do it. This one wasn't quite as complex. And you pop into what must be somebody else's office. You aren't really... You didn't see a name on the door anyway. Is there anyone on the inside? Not immediately as you open and look around. I'm going to actually look, look. Twenty. You're pretty sure you trust your eyes. You don't think so. All right, I'm going to get in. Any footsteps leading somewhere? Like, you know, there should be a route in here again. Yeah, give me a survival. 22. Yeah, you kind of come in through the door. You look around at the rug and you see another set of footprints. And there's a handful going around. This might not have been cleaned as recently as the speaker's office. But you think you size it up and you feel like there is some footprints going over to this filing cabinet in the back. Is the filing cabinet locked? It is. <laughs> well, my lock picking is not going well. I have a good lock picking. We're going to try lock picking yep. the cabinet. Oh, thank God, a 19 on the dice. <laughs> Plus 7, 25. These are fortunately 20. larger locks, I guess. And you pop this open and look through and do find the snow globe. And then I uh, take it and stealth is of utmost priority, making it like, you know, so I pop my head out, make sure there's no one walking around, no one, like no one coming up for a walk. Yeah, give me a perception. 15 plus 9. You do hear some footsteps coming up the stairwell. Do I think I have enough time to make it out? With a good roll. Yeah, I'm going to acrobatics try to fly. Like, I know it's like, you know, quiet, quiet. But hey, um, I think I'm out of time and I need to get out of Why it. Why don't you give me both an acrobatics and a stealth? As long as you can get like 16 on both of them, you're clear. Is acrobatics. Acrobatics doesn't go so well at an 8. Stealth goes really well at a 24. I think I immediately latch up onto the seat. Like, you know, I fly up and I'm like, shit, 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 I'm not going to make it. And I do the, like, you know, Mission Impossible on the ceiling. I think it has to be the other way around. So you start I... sneaking out. And as you're about ready to actually make the run for it, like, you just kind of like slip and you realize, and you have to like stay in place and get yourself moving. I know, um, but I'm, I'm, like, I'm hidden from this person. You hold still as this one last guard kind of comes up, looks around. He looks like he's not really paying too much attention, especially he's like, he since he's like, to go home. <laughs> he's like literally right underneath Dahlia as she's still kind of like, she's paused eating her apple for the moment. And he just kind of like eyes over at you, but he looks a little glazed over. He's had a long, boring shift. So he, he goes past kind of up. Checks, just looks around, comes back, leaves again. My character takes like this deep breath of that's completely silent and then makes it for the rope. 
and you climb up. Dolly goes up ahead of you. She gets up first and helps pull you up on the rope, and you kind of put the glass back where it was. She's got this little fusing kit. So this was a thing you picked up from Yuri. He's like, this thing, I gave it to you. This is your first mission, yes? Yes. I give this to almost all my favorite people on their first mission. Thank you, Yuri. And he teaches you how to use it. It's a little break-in kit. It's like, you know, the little circle cutters on glass. It's one of those, except it will also, on your way back out, you can kind of shut it and then fuse it back. And unless people look very carefully, you can't tell that the glass has been destroyed. And he kind of, like, and he pats you on the back with this thing. He's like, good luck. Have fun. <laughs> Do not kill anybody. Okay, makes sense. No killing. He winks at you, like, in a, and he's a bad winker. He kind of like both at the same time, but kind of one. It, it's bad. You're not. You think it's a wink, <laughs> but it looks weird. Yeah, and I'm like, yep, yep. Let's go now. Are you done? Let's go. And you get out of there. This is sort of your training montage a little bit. So you've been doing tasks around the city. You've been trying to introduce to a number of contacts. You've done a few small things like this. This was one of your big missions, and it was one of the first that you planned yourself, just kind of with her supervision. Yeah, so what sort of, what do you imagine you're doing in training? A lot of acrobatics, like, you know, um, not strength training, but more like dex training, and I think they want me to get better with an arrow, so, like, you know, maybe I'm using a bow and arrow, and you know, ducking and like, you know, doing the men in black montage of, you know, when Will Smith steps into MID for the first time and does all the not, not shooting the innocent sort of thing. And then I was like, um, I didn't know like, this would be, I'm not a soldier. Why am I doing this training? And they're like, no, no, everyone does the training. <laughs> so I, I just think this is something Yuri set up and they're like, okay, we have to put everyone through it or else Yuri will be sad. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So He's got this giant obstacle course with, Area 51, like, civilian pops-ups and random aliens and stuff as you have to run through this thing. This is Dahlia speaking. Like, yeah, we just do this because if we didn't, he'd stop making us a lot of other fun things. <laughs> no, so, yeah, um, my character does that. And I think after this, she's like, okay, what's plan B in case I can't pick the lock, which has never been an issue for her before. <laughs> and so that's something she's focusing on. But other than that, um, they're also, I think, training her on how to... So she, I think, there's a level of people she gets... Like, you know, she understands. She is very insightful. So she understands people, like, you know, other guards, like low-class thieves. And, like, you know, those people she sort of gets. She sort of, mm-hmm. She's able to talk to and things like that. But when it comes to a certain, like, around Ricardo, she is completely, like, frozen stiff and she's, like, nervous and she doesn't answer his questions fine because she's terrified of him. So she doesn't she doesn't get along with everyone in that same aspect. She gets along with Lawrence. She gets along with Lawrence great, but, like, you know, um, she doesn't. So they're, they're, like, trying to tell her how to be calm and how to not, like, you know, at least go by not notice. Because, like, you know, if she gets really stiff and everyone notices, it's going to be worse for her. So I think there's a lot of that social training that she's going through. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a lot of social training, too. Like, you're, you're, you fine at all the weird acrobatic obstacle courses. You do fine at those, but it's the social training that's a little bit tougher for you. Uh, I mean, I understand what you're saying and I understand what I'm trying to achieve. It's just from me to there is a little <laughs> bit difficult. They're working on it, though. <laughs> uh, you pick up a little bit of... Do you already speak Elvish? 
Um, I speak. Elvis speaks Scant Halfling, Harpy, and High Valuan. Yeah, you get a bit. Of, you get some brush up courses in Halfling from Lawrence and Elvish from Bellore. You get a little. Did you say High Valuan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a few brush up courses in High Valuan from uh, Beliza. And yeah, give me a perception though. Seventeen plus nine. You don't meet uh, Ricardo too often. He's busy. He's not on the floor. He's not really part of training. You bump into him. There's a staff meeting that he leads, and he he introduces the meeting and then leaves most of the talking to Dahlia. So you really have very little interaction with him, except for a few hellos. And even when you just like meet him in the tea room as he's getting a has always has like a little packed lunch that he picks out of here. So even as you meet him there, he doesn't say much to you. Very sh- small talk. And even then, it's like just the smallest talk to be socially acceptable. Like, hello, how are you? And that's about all you get out of him. But you can tell, like, there's sort of like two-way glass that looks over the obstacle course. And on a 26, you're pretty certain that he's watching. Every now and again, you just kind of catch him passing by way more than than is explained by him just passing by it's more of like he's passing through to make sure he sees what you're up to so you can tell he's watching even if he's very good about not really showing it he's a monte de oca he's 22nd in line to the empress and he's sitting here um and i think they're trying to train me in yuri wishes i could use more weapons and I'm just like, I don't know what a harp. I, I, I understand a harpoon, Yuri. I just can't fire it. And he's like, don't worry. I teach you. I give you things you practice, you will get better. Wolf is fed by the legs. What? You don't say this thing. You use your legs to catch your prey. You, you, you must go out and do, and by doing, you learn. That's a very interesting way of saying that, Yuri. Is that not obvious? It, it, in, in, um, I guess we're in common, it sounds more like a wolf eats legs. No, I think you mishear me. <laughs> but yeah, so you're, you're picking up a few new things from him mm-hmm. as well. He's honestly not too worried about teaching you like swordsmanship and shit like that. He, he wants to give you the fun stuff, you know, weird things he invents. Yep. And, um, I, after this mission, after the stealth mission, I'm like, Pete. None of the lot. I couldn't pick a single lock. Well, you ordered the wrong ones, huh? You need a good set. You well, get yes for door locks. I give you the best door ones I had. Yeah, well, I think it was more of a me problem than a lock problem, I'll be honest. But I need a backup plan when I go in there and I can't pick the locks. I have just a thing for it. Pops underneath the desk, looks up again at you, and then gives a crowbar to you. Never failed me. In fact, this is my lucky crowbar. What makes it lucky, Pete? Because you're going to be holding it. What? You're going to be handling the bar, so it's my lucky bar. I'm flirting. Sorry. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> Usually that works on girls. It's all right. It's like, and if that doesn't work, I can I can get some small explosives. That will really help. Um, how about you get me misty stuff? Clever. I might be able to figure out something for that. Do you cast spells? No, but uh, I know what uh, Lawrence uh, can shapeshift a little. You know what? Give me uh, give me a couple days. I will come back to you with a with an item. It's something you don't have to read. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so something um, 
you know, getting in and out of places, I'd probably be able to appreciate that, you know? You do thieves can't, yeah? He, uh, he makes a motion to just stick around for a moment, uh, keep up the small chat, as Dahlia walks by towards her office, and then he, once she's gone out of earshot, he leans in and is like, do you want them to know about this? Because I can get it procured for you, you know, just using agency funds, or they don't have to know about it. What's the benefit of them not knowing about it? I don't ask questions about your missions. I just ask what you need. I if there's a benefit to it, then. And he gives a suggestive sort of nod. I'll keep that in mind, but this can be on about four. All right, no worries. I'll put a requisition order through, have it to you in a few days. And uh, not way too long later, he does procure it. It's a little brooch, and it's just sort of like, it's a tad ugly. Yeah, it's sort of like a flower brooch. It's got like a little glass rose in it, but it's like kind of like stuck in a ball of cotton. And it looks, it, I mean, it's kind of pretty. It looks like something that, you know, your grandma gave you. And you're like, oh, it's beautiful, Grandma. And then you're expected to wear it around. It's it's not like stand out and weird. So I ask him, so how do I use it? Oh, yeah, I'll just attune to it. There's a keyword. You'll be able to pick it once you're, you get the feel for it. So just for mechanics sake, how many times does it let me misty step? It is used. You just pass misty steps. So that's a bonus action. You can use it twice per day. And it will only recharge if you water it at night that's gonna it be actually nice. kind of it like even though it's glass it is you almost have to treat it like a little living flower sounds good I've written that down. okay so you've got this and give me an int check you can do it with investigate since you've got that yeah 15 yeah when you wake up the next morning it feel like it's a little bloomed slightly but you couldn't be 100 percent sure uh, as you go in to work the next day. And as you report in, Dahlia and Beliza are waiting for you. And Dahlia's like, you've met Beliza, yeah? Yeah. Nods, nods at you. All right, well, this will be a bit of a quieter day. I One of the other things we need to give you is people. You need contacts. So we're going to try and... I'm going to introduce you to a few of my own. Now, this is not as Section 7. This is... This is going to be somewhat personal. So you might have to find some of your own people in here. I'll just introduce you to some of mine. You'll meet through theirs. You're going to have to cultivate some of your own. Mm -hmm. So that is what we're doing today. It might be a little bit boring. I apologize for that, but it is what it is. And she leads you back to the round chamber, the castle of Ganache. You know that she has a a second identity here in, in town, and that is as Dolce a Peralta. And Peralta is a minor noble house. You don't know if that is actually where she's from, because everybody's name is kind of... You don't know anybody's real, real name. <laughs> so she presents as from a minor noble house, Dolce Peralta, to... And she is a staff member, sort of like one of the secretaries researchers for Renato Martin, who is one of the members of the Round Chamber. He is not the speaker. However, you uh, give me an insight. Twelve. Yeah, you suspect that might have been his office that the snow globe ended up hidden in. 
you kind of piece some things together. If you didn't know this before, she's explaining it to you now. And now you're like, oh, that's why I robbed it last night. And so you're headed there. So she starts up, she brings you upstairs back to the same office you robbed. And that's where things start to kind of click for you. And she just kind of like tells you to look busy for a little bit. You know, there's a few other people coming in and out. She sends you on short chores to, you know, run some papers downstairs. She says, you know, figure out some names, meet some people, start working on your contacts. I'll, I'll introduce you to some bigger ones. We, I can move you in a little bit higher, but it doesn't hurt to have a few people everywhere. Yeah. Um, I asked her, are you going to introduce me as Enrica or? No, no, okay. of course not. Do you have one you would prefer? Jules Andreas. Jules, got it. I need to write that down. <laughs> so you do a few of these little short things around. You're just kind of helping out. I need to go return the badge. Yeah, you might have done that last night and got like slipped it under his door or something. No, I go, I could, if I have a chance, I'm going to go in, leave it where it's supposed to be in Oh, I see. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, you know his hours. He works at night, so you probably... This might be a few days after. No, it definitely is a few days after since it took some time for to get the Misty Step brooch. Yeah, can I get him a gift? Could I do a bag? Sure, what do you get this guy? His okay. name is Hefe, by the way. Hefe. Is he a human? Yeah. Do I know, like, from talking to him, do I know of any toolkit or something like that that would be useful to him? Or something that he'd be interested in? He always talked about how, like, he had just keys and, like, you know, he had his baton and he had torches and his tinder and he had to carry around a bunch of things, but they didn't give him a utility belt. I buy him a very fancy, like, I, I can spend up to, like, 50 gold for a really good utility belt. I think five is about right for, like, a fancy belt with lots of hooks and little pockets and things. And I, I write a little note with a heart saying thanks for a great night. And you just sneak into his house and leave it there. Yeah, because he's never going to find who he's looking for ever. <laughs> uh, and I, like, I want to tell him, I, I want to tell him like, you know, like something to the effect of we'll never meet again, but I don't know how to say it. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. You leave this message saying, we'll never meet again, sorry, and you disappear. No, I don't tell him we'll never meet again. I'll just tell him, thanks for all the memories. Okay. So we'll bounce you back to the office where you've been doing this sort of random task. Just give me a give me charisma roll. You can do perform if you like. 14. Yeah, you run into a couple of these other pages you get a couple names I don't it's think nothing pages really would be my yeah favorite. that might not be what you're aiming for my but body. you're you're kind of working you've you're meeting a few on a 14 you're not doing the you're just meeting a few people here and there well um are there any guards around like any specific bodyguards who are not death watch you're not given way too much um, way too many to... opportunities to do so okay it wasn't like she wasn't expecting you to you know, meet somebody important to form like a major contact. It was just practice, you know, meeting people, working on them, exchanging information in such a way that like you could maybe call on them later. Just learn how to cultivate and not just that, learn how to sort through who might be useful to you. So you're meeting pages, you know, you, there's one specifically you meet that looks a little like bored and disgruntled and she's kind of told you to watch out for those sorts of people because they're more likely to talk and complain about their job so you're you're trying to learn these little tricks you know mm -hmm. but you're back in the office when this graying man and he's tall for a human like six foot five or something 
still in pretty decent shape, even though he looks like he's 60. He's kind of got the sagging jowls. As he comes in and kind of throws his coat over one of these things and sits down at his desk and starts thumbing through things and finally kind of looks up at Dahlia and you two. Oh, uh, Dolce, there are children. She's like, uh, yes, it's uh, bring your daughter to work day. And my daughter, Bella, and uh, stares at your wings and talons and her girlfriend, Jules. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you too, uh, Renato. You're mother-in-law someday you'll probably break up you're young <laughs> like she can call me renato you can too not uh, like uncle renato or anything you know? no no thank you I, <laughs> i've got enough of that <laughs> if you insist renato martina marcy member round chamber and she just she kind of told you don't worry about him like that he's not going to be your sort of target but at the same time like be a little personable. So she was kind of going to try and spend some time getting you into the good graces of somebody younger. Did you do you have a plan for maybe how that would work? The royal guard for the MRC. Okay, so they do have some. They have guards. They have like you know. So yeah, I'm going to work at what I do best, and I'm a city guard sort of person who's worked for the law and whatnot. So um, I'm. A great contact would be and getting in and out and maybe even get like you know, knowing people's schedules or being able to even sit back and observe people's schedules would be someone in like you know heading the guards, the leader of the guards, or like you know even maybe an admiral or someone. Okay, so she's made a point to try and send the the things that might go to the guards or pass them downstairs to you to kind of be giving these missives to. And actually, if you want to open your OneDrive, I have prepared a little folder for you with some maps for this place. So you are up in the top right sort of corner office is where- Which floor, which floor? Uh, floor two. Okay. So there's some offices up there. Uh, so you tried to break into the speaker's office, that's SO there mm -hmm. at the end. So you are down the hall up the left just by the stairs in that top right corner. That is Renato's office. Uh, so you've got to go... Uh, so if you look at the ground floor, there are the guard rooms kind of in the top and bottom. Mm -hmm. The foyer is there on the right, and the stairs down are on your left. So she often gives you like letters that you would have to take to either the guards or potentially in these front two rooms are sort of like the visitor's information at the eye and other services at the S, and that's where people who, you know, want to bring petitions to the round chamber might bring things. So there's a lot of, like, mail coming to and from that spot. So if you kind of play it right, you can be going through the guards' chamber pretty much constantly throughout the day. Uh, so why don't you give me an insight? It's 21. So you're going in and out of here. The guard captain... The man in charge of security for this entire building is a man named uh, Ignacio Pulau. <laughs> uh, Pulau, Ignacio Pulau. Yeah, so you gather that much. He's not usually in these guard rooms, which are sort of like, they're busy spots where they're taking care of business and assigning shifts or it's a break room. Uh, he seems to generally be down on the floor of the main chamber. 
However, the sort of person actually in charge of more day-to-day running sort of HR admin guy is Emilio Galan. And he is working here in this office pretty frequently. Your sort of insight suggests he'd be an easier target. One, because he's here. Two, he has probably a little bit... You think guard cap is a little bit more ceremonial, and this guy's mostly actually in charge of things that are important. And two, you can feel... You briefly interact with them here and again. You know, he they have to stop you as you go through the guard chamber and you show your temporary badge and tell them what you're doing. They don't stop you the next few times. Um, you just kind of, you get the insight that, you know, he knows he's actually in charge and you know, the guard captain's above him. And then there's like, there's a small council within the round chamber because they all have different, you know, meetings and small working groups. So there's, he reports to the like three or four members of round chamber who actually you know are technically in charge of guarding the entire round chamber and security for that. And then they report to the speakers. So he's like down the chain. And you know, he thinks he's the first link in the chain that actually cares. You know, the guard captain being somewhat ceremonial. So you kinda get the vibe off him that, you know, he might he might be a little more chatty and a bit more gossipy about the things going on. Especially like you, you hear them talking occasionally. The guards are making little jokes about, you know, what that member of Round Chamber is up to. And they try and be quiet when you come in, but you kind of, you listen briefly before coming in. So you're, you're getting a kind of feel for these guards. Okay. Can I, I guess to get into this, I'm going to have to come up. My, my strategy is to come up with gossip of my own. Someone's Give me a, a deception. No, so is you, it, is it, uh, can I observe something with it? Can I, um, you know, take the long way around, back up, maybe try to observe something once? Give right? me just a luck roll, like just straight d twenty. No, like you, you're hoping that you could catch some gossip, but you're just you're not in the right place and time to do so. So you're gonna have to make something up. <laughs> I'm going to go past them. Like, you know, this is like the sixth time or something like that that I've gone up and down the stairs. And I just, uh, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I just wish they'd fuck already. Like, this is just so awkward. And they know that, like, you know, I'm with Dahlia, who is in... You want to gossip about Dahlia and Renato? Yes. Oh, okay. Like, you know, it's just like, I'm going to tell them, oh my God, it's just so awkward. To sit there and watch them flirt with each other. Then give me a deception. Oh sure. gosh, I'm bad at that. But I'll give you inspiration. You can store that inspiration. So you can roll and store it, or you can use it now if you want. Uh, no, I'm going to... That wasn't too bad. That was a 14. Okay. Yeah, I'd say, like, you kind of hook one of the guards. Like, not uh, Emilio himself, who's like, no, they've been working too long to get... I haven't noticed anything like that. One of like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, a, he, he's like a lifelong bachelor. Why do you think he'd be a lifelong bachelor? It's like, because he's boring and nobody likes him. And he's just like here all the time. Like, he's on the top floor and he's never been speaker because he's been here so long. And they're like, no, no, it's because he, he's got it for, and he, so one guard's backing you up. But you kind of get a, a good sort of chat going. No, why did, what do you think is like, how many people go up there and sit for six hours a day? Secretaries do. They're busy. Yeah, yeah, they work there. No, who there who's not getting paid goes and sits in someone's office and chats at them for six hours. 
They're gonna go for lunch after, just you wait. They're gonna go, they're gonna leave me here to fill in some forms. And they're gonna go for lunch. And they're gonna, they, he's gonna come back very late for lunch. You can kind of see out the, because they have windows from the guards off so where they can see out and like all that. And you do coincidentally see Renato and Dolce, uh, Dahlia, headed out to the door. Uh, and she just kind of like nods at you to like, you can handle yourself for a for a little bit, and they go out the door. Did you see that nod? <laughs> Did you see that nod? Like, tell me that's not a woman who's like, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go into the back room of this restaurant. <laughs> They're into some freaky shit. I just know it. <laughs> you establish a bit of a rapport with this guy. You get to some of the guards gossiping, and you're kind of welcome through here, at least a little bit. Give me something to kind of... So she introduced you as her daughter's girlfriend on like a take your daughter to work day, but try and pass yourself off as, you know, a page, somebody works here, so they just kind of dismiss it. So for fun? Yeah, that'd be fine. Nice. You stand out a little bit. They do check your badge at least once, and it does say temporary, so... At the same time, they're getting a little pally with you. They also feel a little bit like, well... Well, I You're going to have to do something to hook them a little bit harder. Uh, also, what do you want to get out of them, other than just sort of a contact? Do you want to like establish an alias here? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to try to tell them, look, um, so the story is going to be, she's making me work as her, like, you know, she's just making me do unpaid work, mainly because I am a nobody, and I'm dating her daughter, who's noble, and even just like, you know, I'm solo nobility or no, I'm not even nobility I'm a harpy so I'm just like you know a harpy and I'm you know trying to prove myself to her but unless I get like you know that I tell unless I get a friggin like you know job with some noble or something like that I'm going to be stuck following her orders the rest of my life if I want to marry this girl okay sure give me one persuade can I not can I not give you a persuade? can I give you a role for survival or perception, or like, you know, whatever you think is appropriate. To sort of, um, yeah, so I'm looking for essentially what's wrong with their routine. Like, I'm trying to prove myself that, hey, Are I'm there done. any holes in sort of, like, their pattern? Holes in the pattern, or, um, you know, I've walked around this place, like, up and down two floors. I, I will allow a, I don't think that's survival, but I'll allow investigate with whiz if that's higher for you than your int. Probably. Because it's sort of like a mix of perception, but also pattern recognition of your perception. Thank you. Yeah, that's not too bad. So you spend, you got here early. So the the guard shifts are sort of like hospital shifts. They're like six, so six till two, two till 10, 10 till four. So there's like three eights. And that's pretty normal hospital shifts. They switch early in the morning before anybody's really there. They switch in the sort of the middle of the afternoon, and then that one goes till kind of late at night before the night shift comes on. So they're not really on the same schedule as the round chamber, and that's intentionally so. And that way you have like fresher people and a bit of turnover through the day. One of the things you noticed when you were kind of scouting the place out and working with um, Jefe is that the turnover is kind of a chaotic time. Like everybody comes in from their rounds or off the doors and they're switching often before people have come to replace them because they're like checking out the same time people are checking in. So 
there's definitely some unwatched corridors right around changeover. How do I go on and tell a guy how to do his job without telling the guy how to do his job? That's a good question. I think that uh, you don't have to know right now. Maybe you come back to him with this information. It's something that you can work on. Like you don't have to do it this first day. You might be invited back. No, you might come back on your own. It's okay to kind of take this information and decide how to use it later. You're not in any giant hurry here. But you still kind of got the issue of you've got this temporary badge. So they might not just allow you in, you know, just because you're you in the future. But... You could at least come chat with them, probably. At least I'm on first name basis with everyone. A little, yeah. All right. So, like I said, you saw Dolce or Dahlia come back in with Renata. You figured you should go check in with her. And the day passes pretty slowly. You get a few more chances. Like, this. you later do this little check-in with them. And, um, I, I ask him, hey, I have a favor to ask you just because of how much I'm having to go up and down these corridors. Uh, you're talking to... Um, I am talking to Emilio. Emilio, yeah. Yeah, he's got a second for you. I ask him, so there's, like, right outside um, Granado's office, mm-hmm. there's another, like, there's a corridor uh, with a window. Sure. Do you think I could just fly down there? And... Uh, the windows don't really open. Oh, okay. So, but, I mean, you're going to have to come back in through the front doors. You might have to check in and out every single time. And you also kind of remember that you didn't specifically sign your names down. You just came in with Dahlia. So you aren't technically checked in, but you have the badge. It's like, yeah, you, you have to come in through the front doors. And they, yeah, I can't suggest that too much. All right. Yeah. No, I just thought I could make this a little bit easier in my legs. Guess not, huh? He shakes his head. like, I got off the patrol shifts five, ten years back. And there's a good reason for that. <laughs> and he kind of like points at all the people, all the guards who are still doing it out. Like, leave that to the younger men. Mm. So, 10 years, really? You don't, you don't look that old. As a very, very minor noble, you don't get this spot without expertise. Mm. And I'm great at sitting on my ass. I, I, uh, for a second, I'm like, should I laugh? Should I not? <laughs> <laughs> you can incite that if you want. 14 plus 7, Yeah, he's kind of joking with you. He's getting familiar. That's a good sign. I, I thought I was like, well, I always thought, like, you know, noble sat on their asses and did nothing as well, but hey, you're, you're keeping this place in tip-top shape, so who am I to judge? And I just go off and I did my thing. Okay. Yeah, so you kind of keep working on this guy, getting to know him a little bit better, and the day is coming kind of to a close. It's like well past working hours already. It's kind of closing in on the end of the afternoon guard shift, the two till 10 guards, uh, before Renato and Dolce seem to be done for the day. So he's starting to pack up. He grabs his coat again. He's like, you kids didn't have to be there the whole day, did you? At least do. Did you learn something? Did your mom teach you anything? Do I have advantage on history for Valua? Yeah, you can assume proficiency in Valuan history. You you grew up here. You know some things about Valua. All right, so I'm going to talk about how much I've always like you know been interested in the castle, <laughs> like you know especially militaristic expansion. And I think I'm very curious to know what we're doing in that, what Valua is doing in that capacity here. 
Sure. Give me uh give me the history roll. Some proficiency. Sixteen plus nothing. Yeah. So you you get to kind of talk with them. You give me a insight first. Seventeen. You could tell he's actually kind of interested in this, and he starts talking with you a bit. And it seems like one of these stories that he tells all of his visitors. It feels a little bit rehearsed. But he starts like, actually, you know, the history of Ganache is a little bit the history of Lua as a whole. This used to be one of the imperial palaces before they moved out. And, you know, they gifted it to us. And, you know, that as he kind of moves into this, that's the kind of story for the empire, how, you know, the empress allowed this uh, round chamber, this sort of democratic entity to form and rule the city so that she could focus on other things and, you know, direct the military towards outward expansion. You know, the castle used to be on, it's just here on one island in Valua, but the city kind of spread out on, so it's like, that's, he, he derives a lot of symbols from this. Um, one of the things that you do pick up, and he kind of gives you a short history of the building, one of the things he tells you is that, like, while there's been a lot of renovations done, there's still, like, a few things about about the palace that they never quite were able to get totally rid of, and just because it made no sense and they weren't important. He tells you that the, the old laundry chutes, this top floor used to be this big... It was basically, like, the royal chambers. This is, like, where the royal family lived. He tells you about these little service chambers, and it's kind of where they they keep cleaning supplies. There's even one of them has like a small kitchen in case you know people want some tea. They can you know send it, their secretary whoever to boil some tea over there or whatever they want to do. So he says that the the laundry chutes are still in there, and they go all the way down to the bottom floor, which used to which is now the actual round chamber you know, where the parliamentarians meet, but. In the uh, the kitchens down there, the main kitchens, and you know they can send a person down. You might have actually had to pick up some food, or yeah, maybe you went down there for dinner. So you went all the way down to the to the basement floor, and kind of you, you don't have to go through the actual round chamber, even though they're not in session, so it's not really important. But the kitchens are there, and you brought some dinner up for for everybody. So the the laundry chutes go pretty much straight down there with little exits onto the second floor mm. so the floor right below you they don't exit the ground floor but you remember like his desk was kind of behind this sort of like big thick pillar uh so emilio's desk is behind this big thick pillar and you imagine that's that must be the laundry chute coming down from the top and they just never really got rid of it they just kind of turned it into what looks like now structural support interesting yeah as he shows you this give me a perception as well 18 plus 9. Oof, yeah. As he's showing you this, there's a whole nother set of pipes kind of throughout the uh, area that you've been noticing. Like, I think you might have heard of them before, but they're attached to the top of the roof. It was maybe one of the things you thought about going in, but you didn't know enough about it, and Hefe couldn't tell you what these things were. But as you've had like a day to inspect them, you think they're kind of like air ducts leading up to the top to kind of provide fresh circulating air throughout all four layers because the windows aren't really supposed to open. The whole building is pretty locked against any sort of magical incursion. So they have these ways to bring fresh air down to every level of the building. And you can see that they go throughout most of this. They seem to have points into 
quite a few of the rooms. Renato's room has a duct in it and a pipe that kind of goes through up to the top. The guard room downstairs had one. So you're, you're getting a bit of a feel for it. And you know, on this tour, you're noticing a lot of these little details. Who is the speaker? The speaker is currently Camilo Garcia. He's not High Lord Garcia, but he's probably like a cousin, so he might be 6th, 7th in line or something. It's it's a decent thing for nobility to do to get into politics, but like this sort of democratic politics is a little below the family. The family see the use of it, but they don't send their most important person to do it. All right, and um, technically, the documents that I found along with the gold in the... Would have been his stuff, yeah. Would have been his stuff. Is it logical for them to, for him to have something like that? The documents make some degree of sense. It's a little strange. Like, the Empress just tends to run things as she will. So if it's going through the round chamber... It must be a pretty big one. And it, from your quick look at it, it did seem like a big reorganization of how the military dealt with the colonies. They were considering reclassifying it more from, like, it was still an offensive mission. So there are, other than Section 7, there are six parts of the Valuan military. Armada, which is naval power abroad. The Navy, which is more naval power home defense. The Legion is land on abroad missions. The Home Guard is land on defense missions. The Death Watch and engineering, which is why Section 7 is called what it is, because they are outside this, but they're kind of the seventh part of the six-branch structure. So, like, you think that they were kind of reclassifying the Elven mission away from the Legion and to the Home Guard, which would be like a major reorganization of who's in command, who will who's in control, how the laws are going to work. And it's a pretty giant step as far as like what they consider these colonies or whether they're Valuan now. So that makes some degree of sense that something that big would be going through the round chamber and not just the Empress herself. But the money? Is it like a bribe? You have no idea. But like if this guy is part of high nobility, that's like... That could be his fucking lunch money. So what else does Renato say about, does he go on about any of the structures or does he give me a tour? And I'm like... No, you're, as I said, you were kind of getting the tour and he was showing you the building as a metaphor for the Valuan Empire. And, you know, he gave you a bit of a history of the building. He taught you about the laundry chutes and a few other oddities. But it was mostly, you know, as a way to say, it's, it's a... Like you said, it's it's a story that he tells, and probably some of it's true, some of it's exaggerated, because it's one he's rehearsed to give other visiting dignitaries and be like, yes, the the castle is a is the Valuan Empire story. It's it's kind of sentimental and builds up his own importance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess before he lets us out the door, and um, I I tell him, well, yes, it's interesting. Like everyone downstairs is like talking about how you're ne- the next speaker and things like that, and I I think it's pretty cool that a man who's so passionate about Valua gets to be the next speaker or something. Oh, I've never really aspired to that. Besides, I'm in the opposition party these days. You don't so. think you have a massive chance at winning? Like a- Stone parties held for 
20 years. We're working on them, but I've gotten used to where I am. I'm not sure I'd be a great speaker. I'm a very good shadow speaker because British style, like the, the leader of the opposition party is the shadow cabinet and all that. So it's like I'm, I'm a pretty effective shadow speaker. I tend to get a lot of the things I really want out of the majority party when I need to. Mm-hmm. The city goes fine. Okay, I, I, what do you want out of the Elven Colonies? He looks at you a little quizzically, like, what do you mean, the Elven Colonies? Well, I just thought it out. I'm concerned with Fulua, the city. Once you get outside Horchado's Wall, that's no longer Round Council. Is it best like that? It kind of looks like it's a question for younger people to solve someday. <laughs> so he, after he's kind of walked you around that you go up to the office to kind of pick up his things since he dropped them there right before the story. You're kind of walking up alone with him since he dragged you out on this, and clearly Dolly has heard this probably hundreds of times. So she just kind of let you out. And she kind of, like, approved that you were, you know, trying to get to know him and, you know, establish your own contacts. So this isn't a bad thing. So you meet back up there, and before he kind of goes in, it's like, you look younger than I think you are. I'm sorry I called you a kid. It's alright. I'm, I'm, it's the height. I get that a lot. Hope you come back sometime. I'd love to see you in, like, maybe in the roundhouse. I'll send you an invitation. You can watch from the foyer. So, you've passed through it enough times to know, and you can look on the maps if you want at the ground floor, but there's sort of, like, there's just an open space above the actual round chamber, which is not round at all. It's actually that sort of cross down at the bottom. So directly above that is sort of like a walkway that's kind of open. And you there's people who like sit and watch the round chambers. They're actually in session and debating and doing stuff. They weren't in session today. Like a lot of them were in anyway because they're doing work. And they've had small meetings and things. You know that Renato met with a few other uh, members of the round council at various points in the day. So they're busy. They're just, they didn't have an actual in-session session. And I'm like, I'd really, I'm super really excited that you consider that. He nods and it's like, oh, I'll make sure uh, Dolce gets it to you sometime. And he kind of pats you on the back and like, you've been here too long. It's late. I'm getting out of here. I'll make sure Dolce gets out of here too. Gets you something to Wait, eat. I tell him, um, well, you could take her out for dinner. She's been with you the whole day. Like, Give just... me some sort of persuade. <laughs> some sort of charisma. Deception, probably. Ten. Give me an insight. Not 20 plus 9. You laid it on a little thick, and he's just he brushes it off. But you kind of read, you know, somewhere back in his eyes and the movements that he's clearly considered it, you know, but... He's been brushing himself off from doing it so long, you aren't going to push him into it now. So as he's just, you're kind of reading this, and you kind of get this little grin to yourself, you hear an explosion downstairs. I think we'll call it there. No! I hate you forever! Thank you for listening. Um, you can follow um, right now, and I know n- neither of these podcasts are out yet because we're still playing them, but our other uh, podcast with our friends, 
Negative inspiration, and that just reached its, well, yeah, last week was our 10th episode, and we're super excited about it. I also plan Enrica. So look for Negative Inspiration wherever you look for your podcast. Hopefully it's up. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mary and D. You can email us, Mary and D at gmail.com. Thank you. I hope to have you back. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. You do feel a little like, you know, when you sleep and wake up, the flower's a little bit more open. Is that us? What fell? The drop.